As I mentioned, uh, I know our minds and hearts are with the people of Ukraine, and normally I would try to speak about that a little bit in the homily, since I know that's what is on everybody's heart. Uh, What I do is uh, pray the rosary when I'm not sure exactly what's going on in the world or what's going on in my own life or in the lives of the people that I love. It helps me to have kind of the attitude of Mary. So often Mary didn't always know what was going on in the world, uh, why things were happening, why there was so much pain in the world and and in her own life, in her son's life. But she trusted in, in the Father and his goodness and his love. And so too should we and entrust the people of Ukraine uh, to the prayers of Mary. So I know we feel like there's nothing we can do. There's a feeling of helplessness. But one thing you can do is pray the rosary every day for the people of Ukraine and maybe have a little bit of that peace that Mother Mary had. She found so many challenges in her own life. Today's homily, however, is not about the Ukraine. Uh, It's about Trinity. And uh, once a year, I go through all the parishes and the deanery and speak a little bit about our middle school and what a blessing it is to have the Catholic schools. So that's what I'd like to share with you this morning. In a sense, I'm here fishing for students for Trinity Middle School. One day, a boy came late to Sunday school. His teacher, knowing he was usually very prompt, asked, Johnny, is anything wrong? He answered a little sad, no, ma'am, not really. I was going to go fishing, but my daddy told me that I needed to get on up and go to church. The teacher was very impressed and asked Johnny if his father had explained to him why it is more important to go to church than to go fishing. Yes, ma'am, he did, Johnny explained. My daddy said that he didn't have enough bait for both of us. So today, I'm going fishing for students, but I'm also going to church in order to do it. Now, you might think that this should be the easiest fishing in the world, because who wouldn't want to attend a Catholic school if given the chance, right? It should be a no-brainer. But it is not an easier choice as you might think. I want to share a few insights from an article that my brother sent me recently called Putting the Catholic Back in Catholic Schools by Thomas Carroll. It began with this startling statistic. Catholic schools enrolled more than 5 million students in the mid-1960s, but today just 1.6 million. Put simply, three out of five people who would have chosen a Catholic school in 1960 do not do so today. In other words, it's not easy fishing and recruiting for Catholic schools today. Nonetheless, I am convinced that the best bait we can use for fishing is our Catholic faith. There is simply nothing more precious in the world than being Catholic. And that is the principal purpose, the raison d'etre, as they say in French, for Catholic schools. That's why they exist, to teach the faith. Let me share three of the points made in that article by Thomas Carroll, and then I'll expand a little on each point. The first thing he says is very insightful, but sadly, a lot of people overlook it. 
See if you can catch it. He wrote, The school's academic program needs to reflect the full contribution of the Catholic intellectual tradition. He adds, One cannot conceive of Western civilization without the existence of the Catholic Church. That's a big statement. Let me give you a concrete example of what he means. Do you know who invented double-entry accounting? You know, in accounting, double-entry accounting, the basis for modern accounting? It was a Franciscan friar named Luca Pacioli, who was also the teacher of Leonardo da Vinci. In other words, the intellectual engine of Western civilization were none other than Catholic priests and monks. Isaac Newton said famously that we see so far because we stand on the shoulders of giants. He was right. But what most people forget and what we try to teach in Catholic schools is that those giants' shoulders belong to Catholic saints and scholars. We would not be able to see very far today without their enormous contribution. Catholic schools help us to see the Catholic foundations of the Western world. Another point Carol makes is the lack of political correctness in Catholic schools. He writes very wisely, a truly Catholic school must embrace truth, not relativism must see individuals as creations of God and not merely members of identity groups. It must uphold the human dignity of all lives, from conception to natural death, regardless of the values of popular culture. In other words, we can sum all that up with one word. Catholicism is countercultural. We don't do what everybody else is doing. By the way, do you know what the word fad stands for F-A-D. It means for a day. The Catholic faith, by contrast, is for eternity. That is, Catholic schools do not teach what is politically correct, the fad, what's popular today and unpopular tomorrow. Instead, we teach what is eternally correct. The Catholic faith may end up on the wrong side of history, as some people like to say but we will not end up on the wrong side of eternity. I'll let you be the judge of which is worse and where you want your children to end up. The third point is perhaps the most practical one. Carol writes this, the children in our schools need to see vividly that Catholicism is at core a joyful and optimistic faith. In other words, saints should be the happiest people on earth. By the way, have you heard of the modern phenomenon called cutting? Cutting? Young people, and they are almost always teenagers, feel a deep sense of sadness, loneliness, and even despair, and they cut themselves because the universe feels impersonal and empty to them. To a modern mind, it is full of shining stars but empty of saints. It stretches out for millennia, but it lacks any meaning. It is a world full of facts, but not one ounce of faith. That is a depressing world to live in. 
By contrast, what we teach in Catholic schools is the joy of the gospel. That was the title of Pope Francis's first major document called Evangelii Gaudium, Latin for joy of the gospel. His first lines capture the spirit pervading the halls of every Catholic school. He wrote, the joy of the gospel fills the hearts and the lives of all who encounter Jesus. Those who accept his offer of salvation are set free from sin, from sorrow, from inner emptiness and loneliness. He wrote, with Christ, joy is constantly born anew. In other words, there's need, no need for cutting when you know Christ. Do you recall that popular television show called Fantasy Island? If you do, you're as old as I am. It always began with Ricardo Montalban coming out and saying to those who work on the island, Smiles, everyone! Smiles! You remember that? Well, Dr. Hollenbeck, the principal at Trinity, starts every day essentially saying the same thing to our students. Smiles, everyone! Smiles! But there's a difference. Our students' smiles are real and lasting because they come from a timeless faith, not from a temporary fantasy. And that is a one-sentence summary of Catholic schools. Timeless faith, not temporary fantasy. Praised be Jesus Christ.